That ugly cat, is his name Hunter? Baby, let me ask you something. Is you down the road? Jones scores! Oh, here's Lennon, shot, scores! They're going to the goal. Lennon, they're in the middle of the shot, block and shot, scores! Matthew Kachuk, what a goal! Back to Matthews, in front! Oh, what a stop by Markstrom! How does that not go? And play continues. Monaghan back across, Bonciapane scores on the backhand! At the moment, here's Dubé, and Dubé cuts him from the backhand, score! Backland, shoots, score! Kept onside by Hannafin, who races into the play. He's in deep, up front, scores! Noah Hannafin! Oh my goodness! And somehow that stayed out too! They're on their feet in Calgary! Left corner for Aginla. Aginla to the left circle. Aginla shot. Joseph Faye rebounds. He scores! Yeah, baby! Yeah, baby! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the CFT podcast. Today we're going to be going over, you know, the last two games, Seattle on December 30th and when we were in Chicago on January 2nd. Flames won 6-4 over in Seattle. They did. Just before New Year's. It was a pretty, pretty solid game, I'd say, for the final 40. The final 40, yeah, it was solid. Yeah, Yeah. they woke up. Um, the offense, the offense didn't look like it skipped a beat, though. I mean, the offense, even though we only scored one in the first, we were still kind of buzzing in the Seattle zone. It was more the defense and goaltending that looked slow in yeah. the first period of that game. So let's talk about Mark Giordano. I mean, we were so hyped about seeing this guy come back on the 23rd before, you know, our schedule went to shit. And then yeah. the first game back is inevitably in Seattle against our former captain. Um yeah, how did you react when you saw Geo snipe that? Oh, like, I wasn't surprised at all. First goal of the game? Are you kidding me? I I knew it was going to be Geo. It had to be Geo. It had to be. Like it had to be our franchise's luck and just like everything around that entire expansion situation. I was like, yeah, he's he's uh, he looked like Wayne Gretzky, dude. He had three points. He had a goal. In uh, I know. Like yeah, he, he was wow. buzzing. Like it was. It was gross. Like it was gross. I didn't want. Like, <laughs> I hated it to be honest. Like, I know. Of, part of me liked it because I'm a fan of Geo. So I'm just like, oh yeah, good. Like if you want to, if you want to pop one in the back of our net, go right ahead. As long as we win the game. But you always want to see Geo have success, still, right? Yeah, exactly. But it's also like you're just sitting there and you're watching that. Like, uh... I know. But you kind of look <laughs> over and you're like, I am boycotting Boston Pizza, like for good. <laughs> Like, screw you and your shitty pizza, Brad. Uh, <laughs> oh, your dad did something, didn't you? <laughs> I actually, I missed the Geo goal, kind of. I was I was in the kitchen, and I missed the actual goal, but I just looked at my mom, and I was like, 
Geo? She was like, Geo. And I was like, yep, not not surprised. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was literally driving, I was driving back from the movie theater. And so I missed like the first, like missed the first four minutes of the game. So I turned the TV on around like the 16 minute mark. And you know, Geo scored at 548. So yeah. I turned the TV on, watch about a minute before I watch Geo snipe it. And I was like, Oh man. <laughs> like, amazing. Amazing start. Yeah. <laughs> How about uh, from that first period? We talk about that Nikita Zadorov pass over to Johnny Goudreau. <laughs> okay. That was that pass was disgusting. It was a pretty nice pass. Like, I'm sorry, but holy shit, where was that? Like, you know what's you know what's crazy is like I honestly trust Zadorov in the offensive zone. Like, like low key, his vision is a lot better than like the majority of our decor. He's actually not terrible. And he's like pretty calm with the puck at the blue line. Like he never gets antsy and like turns it over. It's either puck in deep, he's shooting it, or he's making a solid pass out to the wing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that was the first, that was our tying goal. It was Johnny from Z and Chucky. Yeah, we're calling Chucky. Him Z, so that <laughs> um, yeah, so then it was basically a tie game after the first. Second period, then Yarn Croak scored, made it 2-1. And then Power play goal from Johnny Goudreau, another snipe. Another snipe. There was no room up in that top corner. Still fitted up there. Dude, Goudreau, I still can't believe that he's not locked up yet. Like, I, I know. Like we, we need that if we want. Like, we need it. We need that deal. Like, I, I needed that yesterday. <laughs> like, And he got better over the break. Like, it's just, it's impossible to think about. Like, he's just getting better. This guy was in COVID protocol. Then the first two games since his return, each each night had a three-point night. Like he's got six points in two games. That seven like, points in his last three. Yeah. Yeah. And like seconding that, like Chucky's got six in his last three as well. Like they've both been, they've both been like they they, they looked like they didn't miss a single beat. And it's like Chucky has been an analytical beast over these last two games. The guy is dominating the ice at five on five. Yeah. Like he, the, for a lot of like the fans that I guess don't really follow night in night out, it's hard. It's like, I guess it's easy to look over the fact that like, you don't think that Kachuk is such a big prominent role in terms of the play driving of that entire line, but it's literally him. Like he's literally the engine that kickstarts, the entire offensive rush on that top line. He goes to the dirty areas. He does all the work. He's defensively reliable. His transition numbers are disgusting. Like you look, oh my goodness. Like this guy's analytics, dude. Like I, I know. I like, I'm we could talk about like, it for hours, like, like hours in, and hours. Like I'm in love, dude. Like it's crazy. I know. Oh my He's God. so good. And so, then uh, yeah. the second gets capped off with a Milan Lucic snipe. The guy didn't go five hole. I know Gru was probably expecting it. Luch beat him up over the shoulder. Hundred percent, dude. They looked at his like, probably one hundred percent looked at his like game tape, and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you're going, uh, you're going five hole." He's like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll go top, I'll go top blocker, not a problem." No, like the funny part was, is I saw that goal, and my cousin texts me. He's like, "Yo, Milan roofed it." <laughs> Let's like, go. Yeah, what? He's like, he raised the puck. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. Okay. 
Yeah, that was that was nuts. I love dude. Lucic has been a beast this season. I don't think anyone like the guys on pace for 22, 23 goals this year. Like it's just, I was I've been really impressed with him these last two games. Like not even like just with the goal against Seattle, just what he's doing on the ice. He's actually making a difference in the game out there, the way that he's playing. And I love to see it. Like it's so good to see Lucic finding some bit of his old self again. Exactly. Like people forget that this guy was a perennial 30 goal scorer in his prime. Like people just forget that just because, you know, just the way that the, the way that his time in Edmonton ended. And then like the first year here prior to the bubble, like people were still skeptical about what exactly his impact would be. But like that Lucic Neal deal is looking absolutely beautiful for us right now. It is. It really is. Like it's, it's looking great. Yanni Gord then made it 3-3. So immediately yes. tie game. And then the most psychotic ending to a game, I think, like other than Nashville back in 2019, like on Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is I think it's safe to say that honestly, with the speed and the way like the speed that these goals came in at just back and forth. It was, it was disgusting. Like I needed a defibrillator. Like it was I was losing my mind. I, I, I felt like I was in the freaking vortex. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I didn't know what the score was. I was, I was freaking out, man. Like, so like, let's get into this. Like Manjapani scores from Shillington and Hannafin on the power play makes it four, three. And literally 30 seconds later, McCann tips in a Giordano shot. And the game is tied right back up at 4-4. Yeah. Like, I don't – like, watching that, I was like, oh, come on. Like, this is not an ideal scenario when you're worried about scoring. Once that goal went in, instantly in my head, I, I was like, we're losing this game. All the momentum that we just had from that power play goal is gone, and we're going to lose here in Seattle. Literally. Like, you, then you look at this, and literally 13 seconds later – Matthew Kachuk says, fuck you, we're winning tonight. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally. Like, the captain spoke, dude. I don't understand how this guy, like, give him the C mid, like, literally midseason, give him the C before the playoffs. I don't care. Don't wait until the summer. Like, I know. Don't, don't make it a thing like, oh, he's not signed yet. We don't want to give him the captaincy. How else would you want to convince him to stay here long-term? You give him the fucking C and you say, we believe in you. This is your shit now. Yep, 100%. That's literally how you get complete buy-in from the guy who's already the heart and soul of the franchise. And Hannafin caps it off with the empty netter. Final score, 6-4 in Seattle. (laughs) If you look at the money puck uh, deserve to win meter which is like, honestly, I love looking at that thing. It's actually pretty cool. It is basically how it works is they run about 500 game simulations. And then during those 500, they basically just give you a sample on like the percentage that each team would win out of the same game being run 500 times. So the Seattle game, we actually had a 77.8% on the deserve to win meter So that just shows you like this season, especially not many games have actually disfavored us in that category. No win or loss. Um, Like if, if Marky and the defense are on the same page in that game, if that's not our first game back after three weeks off, we win that hockey game six, one, six, two. I think so. 
Like Marky, Marky was really off in Seattle. He didn't look great. He didn't look comfortable in the net. And the defense didn't help him out very much either. There was a lot of like some good scoring chances that Seattle had throughout the game. But like if if they played defense the way they did against Chicago in that game and Marky played like he did against Chicago, we win that game 6-1 every night. Yeah. Like just in general, now that you brought up like defense, like the decor was not looking great. Like both Zadorov and Goodbranson, both Shillington and Tanev, both those pairings, they like at even strength had an expected goals percentage below 50. Yeah. Um, they were not clicking in Seattle. Hannafin and Anderson looked pretty good though. Even strength. They were all right. Yeah. Um, I mean, like analytically they had an expected goals close to 70. So they were the best pairing of ours that night. Um, just, I don't know. Zadorov and Goodbranson looked very sloppy in the first like they kind they of struggled they, really they, heavily at the start of the game for they sure scared the shit out of me a few times if i'm being honest when every time zadorov bobbled the puck or good branson bobbled the puck you knew damn well the other guy wasn't going to recover <laughs> yeah exactly so it was we were literally seconds away from literal defensive lap like mental lapses just and thank god those were prevented because that would not be ideal <laughs> Especially yeah, like, a game like that. The, the game was close enough as it as it was already, right? Yeah. And like let's talk about the forward lines. I mean, Lewis, Monahan, Richardson, do you want to know what their expected goals percentage was that night? Percent. Fifteen. Oh, 15. I, I lowballed them, I guess. Dude, that is literally the lowest or like one of the lowest expected goals percentages for a line that I've seen this season. It's brutal. <laughs> Awful. You want to guess where Coleman, Backlund, and Pitlick were? They were they weren't they up there in the Seattle game? They were Seattle game, no. The Chicago game is what the one that they were they yes. were up there. Yeah. The Seattle game, they were in between 25 and 30. Oh yeah, they struggled heavily. For like I kind of get the whole like, oh, you're gonna use that as your shutdown line, but like for the love of God, Coleman and Backlund need to start producing. They do. Um, now let's get to the positives. Uh, Manjapani, Dubé, Lucic, they were in the 80% expected goals range. They played really well against Seattle. They were disgusting in Seattle. Our top line, take a guess. Oh, like 95. You actually hit it right on the... Like, 95? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 95, 5-on-5. Five five. Like, they, they were... That, it's the best line in hockey. I don't care. I'm saying it now. I don't care. Easily. Like, saying it. Easily. I, I, I second it. Like, I don't care. Come at us. Call us biased. Don't care. <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, seriously. Um, another thing that night, uh, Dustin Wolf dressed. You know, he did. As Markstrom's backup. And I have an interesting stat for you. Dustin Wolf is the 10th player drafted under Tree Living's regime to dress with the flames. Um, That's pretty good. I don't know but. if 10 is like enough, is high enough of a number in order for the people who say that he's good at drafting to give him a pass. What do you think about that? Uh, like they say under Tree Living's regime, but 
what drafting has he done? You know, like it's all his scouting staff that does, that does all the scouting of players and they just tell them like, we've been over this. They just tell them who to draft, but yeah, Brad's had some good drafts and 10 players suiting up for your organization that you single-handedly picked is a pretty big positive for this organization. I think so. I think it's, I feel like the number hypothetically, when you're looking at the fact that he's been in charge since like mid 2014. Um, I mean, you're looking at this like almost a decade. That's technically, you know, just a player a season almost if you want to prorate it. Um, but that's just in terms of just like dressing. We're not talking about mainstays, right? Like we're saying, like, yeah, Ruzicka draws in, right? He's one of the 10. Phillips yeah. draws in, he's one of the 10. But right. it's like, you're not talking about guys that are like, for example, Kachuk or Manjapani, guys that are like, we're drafted under his tenure that are just like actual mainstays in the lineup, like impact guys at this stage. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just thought that stat was kind of interesting. A lot of people had a debate like with that, whether it was good or bad. And I'm just kind of sitting there like, part of me wants to say it's good, but then part of me also realizes that like that 10 also counts guys that made their NHL debuts or like Glenn Godden's part of that group. So exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, Godden was a, I think Godden was a free agent signing. So I don't know if that. Oh, was he? Okay. So I think guys like Godden and Dewar and stuff, those guys don't are like inept from that stat. I mean, shots in the Seattle game were 40 to 22 in our favor. Our power play yep. went to five. We had 44 shot attempts at even strength, 17 scoring chances. Six of those 17 were high danger. And expected goals for was roughly around 57. Not bad. Not bad. So in Chicago, DeBrinket started it all. Um, you know, made a one nothing for the Hawks. Kachuk came in after kind of a sort of semi-sloppy. I don't want to say it was sloppy. It's just kind of a slower start. For- yeah, it looked like they didn't have their legs. I... I thought in the first period, the only flame that I really thought showed up to the game was Manchapani. He was the only one that seemed to be like really have his legs underneath him early. And he was the only one battling in the corners and actually driving play. I felt like in the first 10 minutes of that first period. Mm-hmm. So after the Debrinket goal, um, did you hear what Cassie Campbell, this is unrelated, but did you hear what Cassie Campbell said about Debrinket? Remember when she was okay. like, Oh, Debrinket and his wife are expecting and then she, for whatever reason, wanted to clarify that statement to make sure that she wasn't talking about Alex being the one expecting that it was his wife. <laughs> like, no, you don't have to mention, like, no, Cassie, our brains didn't think that Alex DeBrinket was the one who's going to be pregnant for the next night. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, man, I, I can't even deal with Cassie. Like, I, I just... Uh... I don't even want to talk about it. You know what? I don't understand why they give her the national games like this. That Chicago game was, you know, national <laughs> broadcast. It's like, why do you give Cassie the national games? Why? I don't know. Like you're, you're sitting in Toronto. Oh, I'm going to watch this hockey game. If you will. Um, <clears throat> Alex the Brinkett was, is, uh, you know, he's expecting, well, not him, fight, <laughs> if you will. Um, like, <laughs> the fuck like <laughs> just shut up cassie and just talk about hockey please like please yeah then kachuk ties up the game at one 
pretty, pretty dope play, I think. The pass from Johnny was pretty sick. Yeah, that it was, was beautiful. 14. That was his 14th of the season. Second period, then we just get going on the power play. And um, also, if this is Monaghan's second primary point in back-to-back games, both of which on the power play. On the power play, yeah. Of course. Can he not – like <laughs> – can he please start producing at even strength? I mean, I mean, I get that he's not going to where he's st- situated, but like, it's yeah, he can't do it where he's playing. <laughs> it's funny though because like you look at it and you're like, oh, Monahan's at a point per game since coming back. It's like, okay, yeah, he just kind of what whiffed it into the slot for a one timer yep. both times. Does um, Lindholm not look so good from that spot though? Lindholm has those one- inside hash marks. Yeah. Yeah, like even the circle, that shot from there, the one timer is so nice coming off of Lindholm's stick. Dude, his release is filthy. It's beautiful. You look, at, you look at how quick it is, and it's just like it's disgusting. Like if you pick the spot, it's more than likely going in. No, Soderblom didn't stand a chance on that shot. Yeah, poor guy. This guy comes in relief, like <laughs> as his first cool. NHL start. Yeah, like just uh poor kid. And then Trevor Lewis, shorthanded on the backhand. Okay. What a goal from Trevor. So the entire sequence of that goal was sexy. First of all, Blake <laughs> Coleman, that was one of the best shifts I've seen him play in a flame jersey. Like the work that he put in to get that puck to Lewis, I was like, hey, do more of that, please. Yeah, let's go. Like yeah. that was so sick. Like Lewis just goes backhand. Oh, my God. That was nuts. I love that goal. I love every part of that goal. And I love that Coleman hit the score sheet because we really we really need him to start getting a swagger back. Like, I want to see the guy who's drinking pickle juice on the bench. You know what I mean? I don't want the guy moping around talking about how he feels that he can do better for this team. Well, we were talking about how we need goal scoring on this team, and 11 goals in two games is it's not too bad. Not bad That's at all. some goal okay. scoring. That's yeah, seriously. And then in the third, can we just say that I'm gonna I'm just gonna say this straight out. Shillington's empty net goal was actually kind of nasty. I'm not gonna lie. Like he shot it. I think it like redirected off of off of one of the D-men, but um yeah, all I know is that Luch fed it to him. So that's another point on the sheet for Luch. Yeah, assisted by Luchich. And Shillington gets a free goal, so I'm not gonna complain about that. And then the second you think that's it, it's game over. Kachuk and Goudreau decide to embarrass Soderblom on a two-on-one. <laughs> oh, man. Johnny is so good. Like The whole way down the ice, he's looking at Kachuk. All you can think is, it's coming to Chucky. It's coming to Chucky. Last second, quick snapshot up over the glove of Soderblom. And all of a sudden, it's 5-1 flames now. Just nasty. Kachuk's, I think, I'm assuming it was after his goal, his first goal. Um, Ryan Pike came out and tweeted that he was three points behind Craig Conroy on the all-time leaderboard. So yes. now I'm assuming that's two. I think so, yeah, because he, he had an assist that, later. He had that assist on the Johnny goal at the end. Yeah. So, so now he's what? So, yeah, two points away from Conroy on the leaderboard. So if he gets two points in Florida tonight, he ties Craig Conroy. Flames outshot the Blackhawks 26-9 to in the second period. 
Um, those 26 shots actually tie a franchise record for shots in one period. Going back to guess how long? 1986 with a win over the Devils. Yep. That like, okay, I'll take that. That is a lot of shots in one period. In most hockey games, you like, you, you don't get past 30. And we put up 26 in one period. I mean, the power plays definitely helped being like, you know, yes. an advantage the whole period, but I'll still take that stat. So Yeah, Chicago took a penalty at 821 in the second, 929 and 1259. So there was like pretty much a good four or five consecutive minutes on the power play. Jeez. Yeah, that's nuts. Anyway, so the player on our team actually who had the highest expected goals percentage at even strength, according to Money Puck, was Blake Coleman. So he really? actually had a pretty nice night in Chicago. Um, yeah, that line looked really good. They led our team in expected goals at even strength around 70%. Um, the top line or our top six, actually, both of them recorded around the same stat line in between 60 and 65. And then the Lewis Monahan Richardson line got walked again for the second night in a row since they've been, yep. like, you know, since they've been together. <sighs> yep. And defensively, do you know who our best analytical D pairing was at even strength, according to Money Puck in Chicago? Do not tell me it was Zadorov and Gabranson. It was Zadorov and Gabranson. <laughs> they, they were at a 65% expected goals. Let's go! Um, uh, Shillington and Tanev and Hannafin and Anderson were pretty close. So they were all pretty close together within the 60 to 65 range, except Zadorov and Gabranson edged them out. So <laughs> let's go. That's great. I'll take it any day of the week. Yeah, pretty much in the Chicago game, shots were 42 to 31. We went one for three on the power play. We had 50 shot attempts, 30 scoring chances. Out of those 39 were high danger. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much the game report of those last two nights. And Markstrom was way better in Chicago. He -hmm. looked settled in. He looked calm. He looked composed. I was worried to see that this break might have gotten Markstrom's head. And like we saw last year when there was, he had that injury, there was a little break. He came back and he wasn't himself again. So after that Seattle game, I was a little worried. That was a big game for him in Chicago. And I'm, I'm glad he settled in and he looked good. Mm-hmm. I think so. Who do you think gets to start tonight? Do you think they go with Markstrom considering we're heading onto a back-to-back or? <sighs> I think they have to go with Markstrom. You're playing two good at hockey teams, right? You got to play Markstrom in two and give Vladar one. Which who one? do you give? The, yeah, who do you yeah. give to the Vladar though? Which game do you give him? You got to give him the Tampa game, right? I think so. I think yeah, in Tampa. I think so too. Like I think a- you got to play Marky against Carolina. Carolina has looked like a, a powerhouse this year, mm-hmm. and we yeah. want some revenge on them. That two-one loss to them in overtime was bullshit. Oh, actually, can we talk about Michael Backlund messing up two penalty shot uh, breakaways in that? Chicago game, please. Sure. What's going on? Like, the first one, he just rips it right into the wide-open glove of Soderblom. And the second one, he has him beat by a mile and misses the net. At least, you know what, though? Like, it hit, like, the first shot when it went off the glove of Soderblom, I was like, you know what? He hit the glove. (laughs) 
that's true. At least he didn't shoot it over the net, right? Yeah, I'm like, yo, at least he didn't launch it to the International Space Station like, this time around. Like, <laughs> like, my God. It's just get him, the, like we said earlier, get him some target practice. Like, just yep. whatever you got to do. Just let him shoot pucks. And then the Dubay penalty shot. Like, he came in going negative speed. I honestly didn't think if I don't know if he was even gonna take the penalty shot. To be honest with you, this guy kissed the boards like it was a personality trait. I felt so worried for like so for a bit there. I was like, uh oh. No, and I texted you and I was like, I kind of wish he didn't take it. <laughs> I was like, I kind of wish he was too injured to take it. I felt like a piece of shit, but still. Jeez, dude. dude I know maybe- Johnny would have come in and done that little move where he holds it out on his forehand and just top glove. It would have been beautiful. Like, man, I, I've i liked Dubé five on five last two games since he's been back with Mange and, you know, at center. Him and Luch have pretty good chemistry and this dated back to the bubble. So I'm kind of... Yeah, surprised. that's true. I, I'm kind of surprised that it was never something that we actually stuck with completely. I mean, I guess you could count last year when Backlund was down the middle, but like, I don't really want to remember anything about last year except these. Jerseys. No. Yeah, these jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, pretty much. Either way, all in all, I think two pretty solid nights after coming off a pretty long hiatus where, you know, you never know how a lot of the guys are going to be responding to the after effects or like coming back after, you know, testing positive and whatnot. So it's been a good sort of sight to see that even though that we've started kind of slow both games that our legs ended up coming you know underneath definitely you can't complain two games two wins four points just keep it rolling w's that, that's all let's that keep it rolling yep all that matters yeah and then we're taking on florida tonight mm-hmm. do you want to do a score prediction or something like that for tonight speaking of score predictions uh noah gets credit for being the closest 5-1, final. 4-1, I had the prediction. I'm going to say that the boys are, like, dialed in tonight. God, I hope this age as well. I'm going to say 4-2. 4-2 Flames? You think we hold Florida to two? I think so. I'm going to say 5-4 Flames in overtime. Ooh, okay. I'm going to give them an overtime win. Okay. It's 2022. Who knows what's going to happen, you know? See, I'm out here thinking that, like, Daryl has, like, a playbook just, like, from the bench. Like, he's got, like, glasses <laughs> on, like, staring at it. Like, screw the iPads. Like, just looking at the game log. Just like, all right, Johnny, you're out. I'm, like, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like my faith in terms of us playing good defensive hockey, especially against a team that we know is high caliber. Like, when you're heading into a game and you're playing the Panthers, you're going in with a different mindset than when you're going in playing the Kraken. When you're heading in like to Florida, Tampa, Carolina, like this upcoming stretch, like my faith in them actually like shutting that shit down is pretty high. And I hope this aged well. So we're just gonna, yeah. <laughs> All right. But anyways, if you liked our content, consider subscribing to the YouTube channel. This will be the first episode that we will upload to Spotify because this is our first actual legitimate i'd say structured episode the other few were just rants this is like a our first actual game review if you will oh if you liked our content consider subscribing like the video and uh thank you for listening yes thank you for listening